In Training with Watson Cook. As Christians, we're all in training to grow in our walk with Jesus. No matter if you have been saved for 90 years or if you're like me, new in your relationship with Jesus. God's Word is so powerful. We should have a hunger each day to dive in and train ourselves to live out His plan for us. So join me as I've been called to share my story and what I've learned through my short time in training. Hello and welcome into In Training. Um, A couple weeks back, I did an episode on God's plan, how God has a plan and God has timing. And this week, I'm obviously late getting this episode out. I try to get these out on Tuesdays, and I do apologize for being late with that. And and it's bothered me that I didn't get it out on time because I like schedule. I like structure. But God is showing me um, through what we're going to talk about today that it's, it's okay to get off schedule especially if it's something that's going to bring honor and glory to him. And what we're going to look at is faith through tragedy. Obviously, being here in Mississippi, the tornadoes came through last Friday night, devastated multiple communities, lives were lost. And then this past Monday, we had this school shooting in Nashville. And again, We're going to be looking at faith through tragedy and not necessarily talking about those specific events, but I came across something uh, yesterday. This is being recorded on Thursday. It's going to come out hopefully later today. I came across something Wednesday afternoon that hit me, that struck me, and, and knew immediately that's what I wanted to come to you with this week, and that was a video of a sermon from the Covenant Presbyterian Church in Nashville where the school shooting took place on Monday. This sermon was back on March 5th, just three and a half weeks ago. And I'll get back to that in a moment. But, you know, we all go through tragedy at at some point. We all face it, know someone who has faced it. But none of us see it coming. None of us know when it's going to hit. You know, none of those tornado victims from Friday night knew Friday morning that that would be their last day. They didn't see it coming. None of the families who lost loved ones in the school shooting knew Monday morning when their spouses went to work, when they dropped their kids off at school. They didn't see it coming. They didn't know it was going to be their last day. And God tells us to be prepared, right? And I'm not sure anything can prepare someone for that type of loss. But God tells us to be prepared. He tells us to train yourself on his word to let the spirit work in you to grow your faith and to be prepared. Not that it makes anything like these type of tragedies easier, but the process of grieving can hopefully be relieved a little bit by knowing there is hope in Jesus, and and we'll get more on that. The shooting in Nashville on Monday claimed six lives, three adults, three nine-year-olds, one of which was the daughter of the senior pastor there at the church that the school is affiliated with. Again, the pastor's name is Chad Scruggs, and on March 5th, just three and a half weeks ago, Chad Scruggs delivered a message titled, Death's Conqueror. And again, credit for the idea of this podcast and, and a lot of this content goes to Chad Scruggs and Covenant Presbyterian Church because I, I found the video and if you'd like to watch it, 
It's on their Facebook page, Covenant Presbyterian Church. I would encourage you to do so. And in this message, Chad was preaching from John 11, and he was preaching on the kind of the last half of, of John 11. Um, I'm going to look at the first half of John 11 and what we go through today, but it, it's the same it's the same point. It's the same message. And it, it just struck me that he was called to shared this message with his congregation just three and a half weeks prior to an unimaginable tragedy happening, not only in that church, in that school, but in in that community. And his point in his message, as he states near the end of his sermon, he says, a strong confidence in the end of the story does not undo or justify the absence of grief in the middle. I'm going to say that again. A strong confidence in the end of the story does not undo or justify the absence of grief in the middle. What's the middle? The middle is what we're living right now. God is the beginning. God will be the end. We're in the middle, in the present. And and again, it just struck me that this message came from him just three and a half weeks ago. If, if you have a, a Bible available as you're listening to this, or you have maybe a Bible app on your phone, I encourage you to turn to John 11. We're going to start in verse 1, a passage that some scriptures that I'm sure many of you are familiar with, but we all need reminding sometimes. We need reinforcement, if you will. And I'm going to go through and, and read this through John chapter 11, not, not all of it, but, but a good bit of it, and, and we'll stop and point out some things along the way. Again, John chapter 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, The illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. What does Jesus mean right there? Illness does not lead to death. He's saying in the case of Lazarus, his illness is not going to result in death as the the final picture. It's going to be used to glorify God. God has a plan, and God has timing. Continuing in verse 5, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Why do you think he stayed two days longer? Why did he delay going to see Lazarus. Again, there was a plan. That was part of the plan. And and we'll see that come out here in just a little bit. Verse 7. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, But Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and, and you're going there again? And Jesus answered, this is verse 9, Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of the world. 
But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Back in John eight twelve, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is walking in the light. He is divinely called here to go back to Judea. And this is what constituted walking in the day for him. He is, he is still working. He is working in the day, walking in the day, serving, even though he's on his way to the cross, and he knows that. But he's still working. Verse 11, After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he meant taking rest in sleep. Verse 14, Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. Why? Why does he say that? Why is he glad he was not there? Again, there was a plan. Jesus knows the end of the story. Jesus knows how it's going to play out. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Verse 17. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. She's, she's telling Jesus here, well, yeah, I, I believe in the final resurrection. I know he's going to rise again on the last day. And what does Jesus say to her? Verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Again, the very end of verse 26, Jesus says, Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Verse 32, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at her feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, 
Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. 36, so the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could he not who opened the eyes of the blind man have also kept this man from dying? Going back to verse 35, Jesus wept. Jesus cried. Jesus mourned. Even though he knew the end of the story, it's okay to cry. It's okay to mourn. Even Jesus wept. He loved Lazarus so much. 38. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Martha saying, Lord, it's no use. He, he's decaying. He's been dead for four days. There's going to be an odor in there. This, you know, there, There's no point. In verse 40, Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Again, God had a plan, and Jesus knew the end of the story. Verse 41, So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on the account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. That is the voice of God. Our omnipotent creator speaking. Lazarus, come out. It says he cried out with a loud voice, and even a dead body obeyed. Verse 44. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Again, Jesus knew the end of the story. And going back to to where I started, talking about tragedy, and, and going suffering through loss, suffering through pain, and how to have faith through that. We're, we're all going to face those things at some time. And what we've got to understand is it's okay to cry. It's okay to grieve, to hurt. But as believers, as Christians, we know the end of the story. We know the end of our story, and we rejoice in that, right? The end of our story is eternity in the arms of Jesus. But what was the message to the congregation in Nashville back on March 5th? The quote I mentioned earlier, A strong confidence in the end of the story does not undo or justify the absence of grief in the middle. Jesus tells us in Matthew 5-4, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So confidence in the end, it doesn't take away the hurt, doesn't take away the pain that we may experience here in, quote, the middle. But here's what it does. 
It gives us a hope, a light, a path. It gives us the peace to know that that hurt, that grieving, it will not last forever. What will last forever? Eternity with our Lord and Savior. That's where our forever home is. And that's what we're called to share with others. And it all goes back to what Jesus said to Martha in verse 26, John 11, verse 26. Do you believe this? No one will ever convince me that God does not have a plan, that God does not have perfect timing. No one will ever convince me that on March 5th, God was not preparing Chad Scruggs, a father who would three and a half weeks later lose his daughter, that he was not preparing those family members, that church, that community for what was to come. Like I said earlier, we all need reminding sometimes. We all need reinforcement. Don't you think this message, although they didn't know exactly what was coming, gave them a little reinforcement that it's okay to grieve, it's okay to hurt, but your hope is in the end of the story, that you're going to see those loved ones again. Yes, it hurts. And that hope doesn't take away the hurt right now but it lets you know it will not last forever. This past Saturday, my family was driving to Jackson and we drove through Silver City, Mississippi, one of the communities struck by the deadly tornadoes this past Friday night. We're driving down Highway 49 and the houses, the buildings, the structures on both sides of the highway just destroyed, some completely leveled, some damaged, however you want to call it, that community was devastated. And my wife and I were were driving south on Highway 49, and, you know, we're just thinking out loud, there's all this open land to the south of this community. There's all this open land to the north of this community. That tornado went right through a tiny stretch of homes and buildings there in Silver City. And my wife made the comment, you know, we all get our wake-up call in different ways. And I thought that was very true. We, we do get our wake-up call in different ways. The question is, do we answer? Do we believe? Dear Lord, I thank you for the word you give us. Your word that teaches us, that comforts us, that strengthens us. Lord, you're in control, and, and we know that. But yet in times of, of tragedy, we do hurt. We have pain. We suffer loss, and, and yes, sometimes we question why. But Lord, our belief in you, our confidence in the promises you have given us, that confidence in the end of the story, knowing that we have eternity with you, giving us that hope that comforts us. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, for those who are suffering through the devastation from the storms on Friday night, for those that are suffering through the loss of loved ones in the shooting in Nashville, Lord, and it's not just those two isolated incidents. These things happen, unfortunately, all over. But, Lord, for those who are hurting right now, I do pray for peace and comfort. I pray for those who have the faith in you, Lord, that that they can take confidence in knowing the end of the story. 
to help get them through. And Lord, for, for those listening, for those, for anyone out there who, who is going through this tough time that may not know you, that may not have the faith in you, Lord, I pray they will be led to you so that they too can know the end of the story and have that hope, that eternal hope in you. And Lord, I pray these things in your name. Amen. I pray you are able to take something from today's show and use it to strengthen your journey. Wherever you may be in your walk, know there is always room to grow in your relationship with Christ. I'm Watson Cook. Thank you for listening. And remember, we are all in training.